Are you a musician interested in improving your performance? Welcome to Notes on Jazz. I'm your host, Keith Davis. If you want to learn more about jazz improvisation, harmony, and composition, or just want to improve your piano skills, this is the place for you. We'll be hosting interviews with fellow musicians, offering tips and techniques on study and practice, and lots of other cool stuff. Whatever instrument you play, or if you're a vocalist, you will find something helpful and interesting here. So come hang out with us at Notes on Jazz. Hi, and welcome to Notes on Jazz. I'm your host, Keith Davis. I'm here with one of my favorite pianists uh, of all time, Art Landy. Uh, Art's just a wonderful pianist, composer, uh, recording artist. Uh, He's recorded a lot of albums under his own name and a lot with uh, a lot of other great musicians. Uh, Definitely uh, an important figure in the world of American music. So, hi, Art. How are you doing today? Good, Keith. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm really pleased to have you here. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah. So uh, this podcast is kind of uh, one of its focus points is for musicians who are learning about music and learning about jazz and learning about improvisation. So we'll touch on that a little bit, and I want to ask you about some of your projects but I thought we could start by just asking you about some of your background. How did you get started with music, and how did you get into playing jazz or improvised music? Well, I was kind of born into it, actually. My dad played piano. I mean, he he retired from being a musician before I was born, but he would play standards every Sunday for two hours, and I would lie on the couch and I learned all these songs when I was a baby, really. Well, and he was good friends with Teddy Wilson, and of course, one of the great players of all time. And Teddy was at my first birthday party, <laughs> so he say, "Well, I was welcome to the club very soon." <laughs> well, and then if we would go here and play, even when I was like ten years old or something, then he would invite me up to play with his trio, so he could hang with my parents. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, music was always around, jazz was around, and I was studying classical music, too, uh, which I enjoyed and still enjoy. And uh, so it was always both things going, and there was a lot of sheet music on the piano, the original uh, versions of a lot of the standards, so that you have a you know, Stardust, but it would be the Hoggy Carmichael's actual voicings. And well. So sometimes if somebody hears me play, I'm actually playing the exact things that were written by the all the great Jerome Kern, all these people, how they like to voice the chords. And I think I, I learned a lot from that, you know, just putting my hands on the piano in those ways. Yeah, and we'd go also to hear music. Um, so I think I heard Oscar Peterson when I was four, four years old, and, <laughs> and I was sitting there eating my chicken and ribs at this <laughs> club in New York City, and I, he comes out with ten rings on all his fingers and. The trio was great, you know, it was Ed Thickpen and Ray Brown and 
Yeah. And I just say, I want to do that. That looks fun. <laughs> you know, I heard Dizzy Gillespie and James Moody, and I heard, oh, God, all these great players growing up, you know. And then being in New York until I was 18 and I went off to college, but then even those some years after, I'd come into town and, and go hear everybody at Slugs, for instance, uh-huh. 1969. Wow. Here, I mean, Freddie Hubbard and, and Joe Henderson, who I ended up playing with many years later quite a bit. And, wow. And all the, you know, sit within three feet of them all <laughs> and stay all night. And wow. So, you know, I think the strongest thing was doing it so early and, 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 and then getting and making bands from when I was in seventh grade, having guys over and trying to learn songs and, and then being exposed to listening live mm-hmm. that inspired me always amazingly, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. So, I always well, it was good fortune for me, you know. I didn't like New York, but it sure helped me get deeply involved in the music, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you absorbed it naturally. That's that's like learning a language, you know. When you learn it young, it it just goes directly into you. Yeah, I would practice first on Sunday mornings. My dad was always at work, but then he, Sundays he was home, and I, I would practice. I'd play all my classical music, and then I'd play some jazz, and then I'd lie on the couch, and he would play. Wow. And then we'd watch the ball game. That was what happened on Sunday. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, so about those experiences, I mean, who, I mean, besides, I mean, all these people, they're all great musicians that you mentioned. Um, did you consider any of them, like, did you study with any of them, or did you consider them to be your mentors? Or did, no. Did they teach I, you informally? I did mean, you talk again, to them? I hardly, in those days, people didn't study jazz like yeah. today, you know. We mm-hmm. just played. Yeah. So you, you got your experience by playing with either your peers or people beyond you. And mm-hmm. I got a lot of chances pretty early to play with people older than me and more experienced and then enthusiastic people my my own age. Mm-hmm. I did go to Berkeley uh, in Boston uh-huh. uh, in summer of 67. Wow. But it wasn't about, I mean, my teacher, he knew stuff, but he mostly, it was summer, you know, he'd just look out the window, he was bored, he didn't <laughs> want to be teaching. Yeah. And so, but Michael Brecker was my best friend at Berkeley, and we well, just played all day and all night, every day. Well, it was it was real love. And uh, his brother too, Randy. We became friends, and and uh, David Ware, kind of avant-garde saxophone player from Newark, New Jersey, was there too, and we would all just play. All we weren't looking for instruction; we just. We're so happy to meet each other yeah. and find like-minded people who were as into the music as we were because, mm-hmm. you know, Michael was from Philadelphia. 
had never met anybody quite like me, and I'd never met anybody like him. Yeah. And, and same with David Ware, you know, inner city, black Newark. It was so great to get to know him and make music with him. And it was just, the classes were not the important thing. The important yeah. thing was that. And then, no, I don't think I ever took a, on drums. I did a few times, Terry Grinelli for sure, Alvin Queen, and all the drummers who I've played with have helped me over the years with little things, you know. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's by doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I try to tell my students as, as well. You know, uh, half of it is listening and half of it is playing and playing with other people. It seems like... I mean, I mean there's information. Yeah. And, of course, the schools have gotten better and better mm-hmm. because, they, like here in Boulder, for instance, at CU, where I'm, I'm the uh, artist in residence, kind of permanent artist in residence. Mm-hmm. But the faculty is all players. They're not academics. Right. They're great players. And so we're always pushing on, you know, play, write, interact, play with us. Mm-hmm. Not There is some information that can be useful, but it's not that useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like a basic, like understanding the theory, right? And the harmony, how harmony works. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, you learned Honestly, it by ear. Yeah, I just—that's why I play more from melody than chords even today. Yeah. So you know, now everything is emphasized about harmony. Right. And Bruce Williams and Paul McCallis, all of us who came up where our parents played, we just knew the songs and then we create them. You know, mm-hmm. we jazz them up. We mm-hmm. make our own. We keep playing the melody, but change it. Uh-huh. So we weren't thinking. I didn't know all these chord things mm-hmm. very much. I didn't really study that until college, and then I studied, you know, old harmony from Bach and four-part chorales and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, which did help too. But mm-hmm. it wasn't harmony-based, it was melody and rhythm-based, which to me still is the center, because the music is singing and dancing, it's not an intellectual thing. And the listeners don't know the hell difference between A minor 7 flat 5 and and the moon. <laughs> so they, they, they hear the melodic heart of the person they hear talking through music mm-hmm. and they feel rhythmic things and phrasing which is like speech and then they can connect mm-hmm. they don't really care about these high level harmonic things even though I understand all that Sure, it, it's not by far the center of what I do mm-hmm. at all yeah I can hear that in your playing there's a lot of it's it's very melodic and between the hands like I listen to your solo recordings it's like it's very uh, there's a lot of freedom of how you interpret the melody and it doesn't just have to be one hand playing the melody and one hand playing harmony it's very interactive and it's 
it's, right. it's very free sounding. Very, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's well, it's all parts. Mm-hmm. Hear your part, mm-hmm. whether it's your left and right hand, or it's you and the bass player and the drummer mm-hmm. and the sax player. You got to hear your part, which is speech like it's talking. Yes, and and so of course it's interactive, and also Keith, if you really look at modern music just put the radio on it's not about harmony at least in this culture sure maybe in brazil there's still something (laughs) but it's not like the 40s or the 30s right there's it's all rhythm and i mean there's precious little melody too but it's uh and if i think of some of the great composer players of our time uh, they're not, they're more using interactive lines yes. and parts, not so much these chords which limit our, our expression of melody so much. Play these thick chords and you're supposed to fit into these chords and color by number. It's not what's going on. Yes, I we agree. Realize with that. that that's too uh, limiting. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's not something that I don't do at all, but more interested in the intersection of us all telling our stories, you know. Yes, that's a, that's a very well said. I, I understand that, and I hear that in your playing as well. And, uh, yeah, and all the players, including the drums, everybody is playing melodically mm-hmm. and rhythmically. Phrasing is so important. Space, breath, mm. uh, listening to each other, working off each other's ideas. This is central for me. I don't want to do just play the chords and somebody so over the top of it. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's not. It was fine. It's nothing bad about it. But it's, there's plenty of other things that are more interesting to me. Yes. Than that. It is limiting. I agree with you. When you get too stuck in thinking about the harmony, it limits what you can do. The more chords you have, the more limited you are in what you can do, actually. It, yeah, I mean, you can get pretty free about it when you really understand it, but mm-hmm. I, I think of it a little culturally, too, that coming up into the 60s, you know, which is when I went to high school and college, uh, we wanted everyone to have a voice, you know, which yes. is still being fought for today in a lot of parts of not only our world, but everywhere over the planet. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, the thing of everything coming from the harmony is almost like having a king and a queen <laughs> telling you, and then you're supposed to follow along. If it's A minor, you're only supposed to play these kind of things. And so it's kind of hierarchical. The, the harmony and the bass note tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, players who freed that, including some of the great bass players I got to play with, I would say especially Bar Phillips, Dave Holland, people who, the, or Kent McLagan here in, in 
in uh, Colorado. The bass note is not home. Mm. The bass note is just something low a lot of the time, and they'll play <laughs> any bass note they want. Right. Same with Peacock and Charlie Hayden, all these sure. players that I've played with. They, they're they not dictating. We're communicating. They'll say, well, what about this tone? And I'll, I might say, I don't care. Or I might say, well, I'm going to make that minor. And then they'll say, well, what about if I do that? And <laughs> so we're discussing as we're playing. It's not the boss or the band leader or any of that saying, limiting the others by saying, well, you have to do this or else you get fired or you're not a good player or all right. these silly things. Yeah. So I think it's also true democracy of everybody having a voice and everybody affecting each other. The drummer doesn't just keep the beat anymore. The time is within the band and maybe there is no beat. The bass player doesn't have to do the roots. The piano player doesn't have to play chords. You know, when I played I had this amazing tour when I was in my mid-twenties with uh, Lee Connitz and uh, Red Mitchell. And I realized, you know, Lee was used to playing with Warren Marsh. Nope, he often didn't play with piano. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say anything, but I realized I don't want to play any chords. Mm -hmm. And we played for a whole week. I didn't play one chord. <laughs> I played mostly single counter lines and the most of two notes at once, the most I played. <laughs> so that he had the same freedom as when he played with a second horn. I was just like a second horn. Mm -hmm. But he didn't tell me to do that. I just intuited this might work better. And so he can do all his melodies that he hears without me interrupting or, or telling him here's the chord he knows the chords so i would make counter melodies and he liked it a lot you know mm -hmm. i'm sure he did yeah well you took some of the words out of my mouth when you said this music it's it's like a true democracy it's everybody has their voice everybody gets to contribute their part. It's like a conversation in which everybody gets to take part. Yeah, all the bands I'm in, if we don't care about soloing actually at all. It's just a texture. Hmm. But if somebody feels, to me, a solo is you create a world, a piece, whether it's a composed piece or an improvised piece, and it, it, it's a story. It has a, a center to it. It has it's about something. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if someone solos this, it's making an atmosphere, or we call it a world, mm -hmm. to live in for the listener too and for us. So you're in this world, and then each player, if you take a solo, it means I'm going to tell you how it feels to be in that world <laughs> right now. Yeah, I'm going to say, well, maybe they're angry about it, or maybe it makes them sweet or tired or energetic or whatever it does or you know strange <laughs> here I'm going to tell you how it feels to be in the world that we've created this universe and then different people solo to tell how they 
and we don't script it, so the drums might solo first if he has something to say, and maybe he only goes a few bars, and then he just gives, he doesn't have anything else to say. <laughs> just like if you're carrying groceries and you're tired, then you give the bag to somebody else. <laughs> So rather than playing stuff you don't feel or want to play when you've completed your statement, long or short, then you pass it to somebody else to do it, you mm. know. Uh -huh. But it's not set of who plays when or how long they play or anything. Or we get to a part of the, of the form that we like and I just circle my hand. Well, I don't even have to do that anymore. It's like, let's stay here for a while because we like this part. We like these two chords. We're just going to do these as long as it's fun. You know? uh -huh. So we get this freshness each time we play and this ability of everybody to say what they want when they want and be supported and also not force playing why do I have to get to the end of the course I have nothing else that I want to say then somebody else can take that you know? <laughs> yeah so when you're playing with these people that you uh, I'm presuming that you people that you're playing with now even you you, yes, you treat them our community here uh -huh. people my age and people half my age that studied with me and mm -hmm playing better than me and luckily let me play with them <laughs> so this is something that you know they're in my studio all the time and we play we don't rehearse to learn songs we rehearse to learn how to be together yeah. how to express and how to create a, uh, a team you know mm -hmm. and there's quite a few of us here and then of course the people I've played with so, so long whether it's Dean Johnson in New York or Bruce Williamson or uh, people in California Peter Barchet or Alan Hall or people in Seattle you know that we have this history already and we don't have to talk about these things anymore because we long ago came to agreement about that and worked on it at home not on stage mm -hmm. and and talked about life and talked about what we want and the last thing I say at a gig is play everything you want and don't play anything you don't want <laughs> that's the, the goal don't be stuck don't feel I should do this you don't want this tempo get rid of it you want to speed up speed up you don't want to solo don't solo just really trust your instincts and no shoulds just those are my people you know I want to be part of your community it's so powerful yeah. and it's not a real it's not called anything it's sure, not sure it's not a system sure it's just friends over over life you know and God, I play with so I was playing with Shane Ensley the other day. You must know anybody, my favorite band in the world. But anyway, you know I know Shane since he's eighteen, and now he's forty or whatever he is. And I was at his wedding, and I he's my friend, and I think he's the greatest improviser on the earth. 
together every time. So we did a beautiful memorial for Ron Miles some months ago, and I composed this piece for Ron, who we loved so much, called A Few Miles, and we just played it duo. There were thousands of people outside celebrating him and at this park in, in Denver, and you know, we didn't even really rehearse it. It would just, we know how to play together, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's international too, you know, because I lived in Switzerland for some years and I toured Europe 32 years in a row and I met and played with people from all over the planet and learned from them and shared with them and can stay in good touch even though I haven't gone in some years I I still yeah Mm -hmm. benefit from that so Mm -hmm. that's also important now that you play with people from different cultures also women are so important part of my music life Mm -hmm. always have been teaching and making bands and the women are writing the most amazing music now I think (laughs) The Carmen Sandam and and Emily Takahashi here and John Clement. I mean, these are incredible musicians and composers. Peggy Stern, all these people, mm-hmm. and that's also something that was just like the old thing of following all the chord changes and that being the only thing you do. That it was too much guys. You know? Yeah, right. It was it was stifled by that, mm-hmm. you know. Carla Blake broke that. A lot of people broke that, but it, it's been hard for the women to emerge and hear. You know, it's the women are totally equal to the men, and we play all the time. And they're the band leaders, and they're the composers. And yeah, it really works great. Yeah, that it's sounds great. Really important yeah, part that- of. Also, all the cultural diversity, the age diversity, that we all can help each other and learn from each other and celebrate, you know, make music. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. What else up, Keith? (laughs) Well, I want to come. uh, I want to come to Colorado and play with your you and your friends. Well, people do it all the time, and I say I'm going to gather the I'm going to gather the troops, and you know I say, well, this guy's coming to town, and let's <laughs> all get together and and share with them, and it happens all the time. Yeah. and they they all say yes. Yeah, you know, they all say sure. When Tuesday yeah. afternoon? Okay, we'll be there. Awesome. You can bring your music. We'll play your music. We can free improvise. You can play. You know give a chance for anything to happen. That sounds great. I'm going to come. It happens all yeah. the time. Yeah, I'm really? going to come. I am. We talked about this a few That'd years ago, great. actually, before we had this, um, you know, the scourge that took over for a while. Oh, yeah. It's but, been uh, hard. And yeah. then I've been, I've had a lot of medical challenges, so it's sure. been a little harder at the last couple of years, but it's still happening. Yeah. Anyway, even sure. on Monday, it's happening. Yeah, that sounds you great. Know, Jay Clayton came to town. I mean, I've been playing with Jay for 50 years. She might have been the first 
12-tone improvising singer, the first I was ever aware of. <laughs> we met in San Francisco in the early 70s. Mm. So she came and we taught together and we played a concert, you know, and it was amazing. Yes. Yeah. You know, so alive and so a lot of history, but also present time. You know? mm-hmm. She's 83, well, so what? Yeah. <laughs> we just, no, really. Yeah, sure. She's amazing. And she taught the kids this beautiful exercise, which we did in the workshop. So you do, it's called 4102. Okay. And she said, do you know, uh, uh, do you know 4102? I said, no, I don't know. It has to work. Well, it's in open space, so there's no, you can do whatever tones you want. So she does it with her singers, but we also do it with the instrumentalists. So you play four notes, long tones. Uh-huh. Any four, one after the other, they can be as long as you want, as high or low, whatever tones you want. And then you do 10 fast tones. Uh-huh. Kind of, and then you do two more long ones that are soft. Huh. And, and, and if we had sometimes 10 people doing that at once, and it was cool. <laughs> that sounds cool. Great. Man. Yeah, that sounds great. And then, then maybe even you can have a soloist. So that's the orchestra playing that, and then somebody can solo while that's happening. Uh-huh. You know, but this, for us, this is a normal thing, <laughs> but it's still considered, you know, avant-garde or unusual. This just means that, you know, you're using space and time how you want, mm-hmm. not in a... And then we did blues, but she she taught the kids about four blueses, real simple ones, you know, you know, these kind of things. Uh-huh. And then you could play whichever one you want. They played them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> and then they soloed, and they, you know. You can play them all at once in different keys. You can play them all at once at different speeds. <laughs> yeah. You can hear the themes, but all this other stuff can happen. Yeah. I mean, again, as a child of the 60s, Jay even is a little older than me, but I mean, she was hanging around with Steve Lacey in, in the 60s. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we, we're just curious. Uh-huh. If we're not great. We're still interested in what happens if you do that? How does that sound? We want to hear the sounds of things, not gloat over our skill. You know? Yeah, yeah. We don't give a darn about any of that. Right. So do you re- approach recording the same way? I mean, you, you have compositions, actually. In fact, I've been listening to your, uh, your solo Monk recording a little bit yesterday and today. And uh, when you play something like that, that was a live concert, I believe. Do you just approach yeah. it? You don't approach it with any prearranged arrangements or anything. You just sit down and play the songs you know? And No, that's, you... that's not accurate. No, okay. I mean, it's everything, Keith. Yeah. So, you know, the boy-girl band, free improvising band, we have for 21 years, four boys, four girls. Yeah. We never talked about the music. People from classical from rock a painter and 
every Tuesday night from 7 to 8.30 for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're all friends and we love each other and everybody, you know, you do what you want. So we're prepared. Yeah. So all the way to totally through composed pieces that we practice for months. I mean, I made five or six you check out my website, artlandy.com, and you'll see that we've been, I've made five or six records in the last three, four years, and they're all, I think they're all great. Yeah. And some of them are composed, and a lot of practicing months of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we go and we have to meet the present moment. Mm-hmm. We're not stuck in a thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even totally through composed pieces, everything is written, and we play it as written. Mm. So all the way from nothing planned to everything rehearsed, mm-hmm. way beyond what most people do. Yeah, you know? And then edit it, and then spend tons of time in the studio getting the, you know, mixing and mastering, getting the sound exactly what we want, mm-hmm. eliminating any stupid stuff we did that we don't want on there. <laughs> so anything from everything goes to let's get this exactly how we want it. Yeah. So it's not a formula. It's always different. You beautiful. Know? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I've just finished up in 2-0 record with Sam Williams. Another one of these guys, half my age, and he's a great saxophone player. And yeah, we're doing a duo record, and we just finished, and you know, we spent a lot of time editing. Well, we went on too long with that part. Where can we cut, edit that, and go to the the last theme? Because mm-hmm. what we need garbage on there, you know. Mm-hmm. We know we're flawed, but you don't have to hear it for the rest of your life. <laughs> so it's a studio. It's a studio recording. It's different than a live recording. Yes. Or a live concert. Because yes. even live recordings, we edit. Yes. Know? Okay. So that it lasts for a lifetime. It's not better because we didn't touch it. Right. We have the capability now. We play the note sharp. We always tell it. We have this amazing studio. Colin Bricker, one of, I think, the, the best recording engineer I've ever worked with, including all the ECM guys. You know, he makes us play better. Sax is a little sharp. He makes it right in tune. Uh-huh. I didn't play the rhythm exactly with the bass, and I want it to be. I tried, I missed. <laughs> he lines it up. Yeah. And so it sounds beautiful how how we meant it to be. That's studio life. That's yes. different than getting together with Mark Miller Day and just playing. And we accept everything and say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All that is possible. Yes. It's not this or that. It's this and that. Mm. That's how I look at the world. We don't play... I've, I tell people right and wrong went out of my life long ago. <laughs> yeah. No, really, we yeah. don't mess with that. No, it's I understand. Yeah. The music, it's like, yes. I never have a wish about what anyone else plays. They play what they play, and maybe they miss, and they do it by accident. So what? 
then we all mess up mm. to make it work. Or we just laugh. Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. But not this good, bad, right, wrong game. Yes. We don't play that. We say, well, what do we do with this now? Now that that's happened, how do we go forward and make it, make it beautiful, make it work, make it interesting? Because we're, we're all flawed. We're going to do stuff we don't mean. Mm-hmm. We're going to have moments where we're out of touch. Or, so what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big relief to hear that and think that, think that, know that, and live that way. It's a relief, like to the students, and so, you know, they're here. These kids out of high school, they haven't been in the world. They've been told by teachers and parents and everything. Here's what you're supposed to do. Here's right. what you're supposed to think. Right. And I say, well, you're you're grown up now. That means use your wits and learn through your errors. Mm-hmm. No, I, maybe the next time I won't enter so quickly when the next person starts to play. Maybe I'll give it some, some room. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll relax. And then I say, honest music is good music. Yeah. That's what's good music, that the person is sincere mm-hmm. and doing the best they can to tell, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so integrated with how we live. I don't know if you've seen the book Mark Miller and I made. No, I haven't yet. So we, oh, you got to check it out. I will. You, you go to my website and you'll see. But it's called Being Music, the Art of Open Improvisation. So we decided to tell all after 50 years of playing together, why do we play? How do we play? How do we uh, communicate? How do we live? It's all one thing. You know, yeah, and and so we we had little discussions about every ten days, and Mark would record them, and then he would organize and edit and put make it into a form for the book, and it, it's been very useful to people, not only about music, but you know how do you live your life so it feels good, you know, it right. feels real and it feels worth living, right. And uh, my my older son Aaron, who's a fantastic musician, both my kids are great players, and I love playing with them. Otis is bassist, and Aaron was the assistant concertmaster of the Greeley Philharmonic for eleven years, and then was so dismayed by the classical scene that he quit playing for ten years, became wow. a chef. He just thought it was awful. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't do this anymore. And he read our book, and then he said, now I can play again. And <laughs> we've been playing, we've been yeah. doing concerts. He comes over and plays with all of us. That's great. And he sounds great. And he's playing Dumbek again, which was this first instrument that he learned to play Middle Eastern music when we lived in Switzerland. And, and he's really happy, and he doesn't have any of this being perfect and right and wrong and you know, the conductor knows the least about the music of anybody telling everybody what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just all things that made no sense to him. Mm-hmm. Now in 
makes total sense. And he, he's able to play and really play great. Just enjoy it. Not be nervous. Not be stressed. It's a blessing. So, the, you know, the book is as best as we could do in words to tell how, why, and what we've been up to for since the early 70s, you know. Mm-hmm. And after we get off the phone at 1 o'clock, he comes over, and we'll play, and we'll talk about our workshop uh, we're going to do it at CalArts. Uh, we have a whole week residency in January, which we both done a million times, and he went there. My son Otis went there. And it's a great place down in Valencia, California. And, you know, we'll discuss what we're going to focus on for that week, which, of course, will be different than we think, but mm-hmm. get some notions anyway. That's in January. So it's current, you know. Is, so that's in January. We're still playing together every week, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're doing this um, week-long thing again in January coming up. Yeah, January. I think nine through thirteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. And what Mark is, uh, you'll see if you look at the book. Yeah. Mark uh, is a Buddhist practitioner. Uh, especially meditation. Mm-hmm. So there are things in the book, like especially the young people or people who are nervous all the time about playing or just play a lot of stuff they don't mean to learn how to center. Yes. Learn how to calm yourself down, show up. And especially these young people, they don't know how to do that. They need to help with that. Yeah. So they can live their lives in a authentic way and not do a lot of silly stuff they don't really want to do. Right. So he'll do a meditation every morning. And I talk a lot about sports because I'm a, you know, I've refereed basketball, I've played sports all my life. Mm-hmm. And I think the teamwork is very similar. It's the same thing as being in a band. Yeah. So I sure. use a lot of sports references and uh-huh. he uses a lot of meditation and Buddhism things and you know comes in from different angles of of the life Mm -hmm. and so uh, we'll meet together with the students every afternoon both of us and then in the morning he'll do more based on meditation and I'll do some jazz stuff and then in the afternoon maybe there'll be some dancers and actors and hopefully there'll be inner arts people too Mm -hmm. you know so that we can make pieces with people who understand different stuff than us. You know? mm-hmm. I've worked with modern dance a lot. I've worked with poets. Allen Ginsberg was a good friend, and a lot of poets and and theater and you know painters. <laughs> we'll put somebody in in the middle of the room and we'll say, "Let's do a portrait." And somebody will rap poetry, and somebody will do a painting, and I'll play piano. <laughs> and then we'll have a portrait of this person sitting for their portrait. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. Yeah, you know, life is hard. Yeah. 
challenges, need, yes. You know, I've, yeah. I've had a lot of challenges these yeah. last three years. It's kind yeah. of amazing that I'm still alive. Yeah. But in in the midst of all that and, and all the cultural problems and pandemic and everything going on, the music is a way for us to to celebrate I think also just the nature. It's like I, I walk every day, just yeah. being in nature of how to be mm-hmm. and how to just accept and enjoy and interact, you know, with the things that really understand trees and rivers. <laughs> Where I was at Boulder Creek yesterday. I mean, what knows more than a river? Yeah. You know? And it's not esoteric at all. It's real simple. It's yeah, simpler right. than you can imagine. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, and I cook dinner almost every night. And, you know, I get visions of the flavors. And, you know, my son's a chef, but I'm a cook. I don't know all the theory. Yeah. And I say, what about putting, just like, you know, you play a C major chord and then put a G sharp in it and see how it sounds. <laughs> You know, I said, what if you use soy sauce and lime juice? And he said, well, you know, that makes sense to me. Uh-huh. But I made that. I didn't know whether you can do that. Yeah. So I can make teriyaki lime chicken and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't learn that from a teacher. Yeah. I just thought maybe that could work. And it's the same in the music. I don't know anything. You know, our innocence is our friend. Yeah. The more you know, the less you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know everything. I don't know anything. My wife turned to me a couple of years ago in Arizona. We live in Arizona in the winter, and I write a lot of music and don't do hardly any gigs and just play with a couple of friends. And my wife turned to me one day and she said, I finally figured you out. <laughs> what? said you don't exist <laughs> and I said I knew that all along and it's the reason that that's accurate is like if I'm outside and see the beauty of the world I disappear yeah. there's just the beauty of the world when I'm with my friends and my wife I disappear I'm into them mm. when I'm watching a ball game I disappear yeah. I've become what that is when I play in a band. There's no me, there's the band, there's the sound. Right. You know? And I know my part, but it's, just, it's the same as I sing all the parts. Hmm. We don't even, like, after we play something, Kabu, the guitarist who I've played with forever, he'll say, Did we play? I don't think we played. It was this music. <laughs> But yeah. I don't think we, I said, you're right, we, none of us played, yeah. this music played, you know. Yeah. We didn't do anything. Right. And that's how it feels. But again, I know some of these things might sound, you know, religious or special or, it's totally not that at all. Yeah. It's yeah. just as down home as you can get. Right. Simple, you know, just flawed, simple natural sure and you know it it's the way we do 
the life every day. Right. Yeah. And that's the sound you get. And when we have our listeners that love to come, I remember a woman in, in Houston one time we were playing. Cabo's from Houston, so we'd go down there often and play Russian Dragon Band, all these other bands. And this woman came and she's sitting in the back. She seemed real intelligent. She was writing stuff down. She was sitting by herself. And I went over and I said, hi, I don't know you. How are you doing? And she said, that's the most honest music I ever heard. It sounded like who I am. It had beauty, it had ugly, it had boring, it had angry, it had silly. It's just, it had all the things that I feel as I'm a person. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, it's because we let all that in. We can play the dumbest stuff you've ever heard, because <laughs> it's fun. And then we can be really intelligent, and we can play, you know, these patterns that are kind of exceptional and then we don't care so she could hear all that and I thought wow that's that's what we're going for right that the everything that that person could feel being alive she could hear in the music Hmm. yeah that's what we're going for as musicians right or as people right I mean exactly right but, you know, the, the, the cool thing about it is you don't have to go for it. You just have to do it. <laughs> because of, yeah. I don't like working, honestly. I yeah. like work, but I don't like working. Yeah. So that means when you're trying to do that, you're not doing it. Right. If right. you relax, you can. You can be in love. I've been with my wife 35 years. We're in love more every day. Yeah. I sync up with my kids at a level that I couldn't imagine when I was growing up because I couldn't find that with my parents. Couldn't couldn't find that common tone. Mm-hmm. But I see my kids pretty much every day and we're tuned in and when we play, I call it the blood music. <laughs> it's scary. I'll be playing with Otis, I'll be playing drums, and he'll be playing bass and we'll just start some riff in 17 and then he'll add a half beat and smile at me like okay now we're 17 and a half big deal that's fun (laughs) (laughs) wonderful yeah that's great so you know with all the adversity that me and everybody all of us have felt over these years and will that won't end adversity is part of the what goes on being on the planet, then you have to have your time, your ability to connect in, including with the pain, you know, including with the difficulty. The music can be difficult sometimes. It's like, what's going on here? You know? Mm -hmm. Then maybe I'll just stand up and say, what's going on here? (laughs) This is terrible. <laughs> then we, we change, you know. If we're willing to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> or we ask the artists, what are we supposed to do now? And they'll say, play something pretty. Okay. 
<laughs> That's beautiful. So it's not like, well, I have to practice for 10 years to be able to do it. Yeah. He just needed an opportunity and an invitation to get to what he really wanted. So I made a frame where he could succeed yeah. and he could experience what he wished for. Mm. And then other people wanted to help, and they did. And he'll never be the same. Now he'll hear the music a lot better than before. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you play? You play to hear, not to show off your shit. Right. You, excuse me, my language, but <laughs> Sorry. to to hear something, to have your ears wake up, to have your imagination wake up, to have your spirit wake up, be alive. That's why we play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because none of us are any good. If you think you're any good, listen to the next guy. You'll yeah. play circles around you. Yeah, right, sure. Anybody gloating over their skill, watch out. <laughs> yeah. I can show you 10 people in in the Congo that can play circles around you. Right. Tibet. Sure. You know, with more clarity, more power, more beauty, more honesty. So stop it. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. There's no need. Oh well, I, I all the things that you said related to to what I am doing these days, actually. Great. Yeah, I mean it's and it's very inspiring. I think I I think this conversation is uh, probably I'll probably appreciate it more than any of my listeners will because uh, it just resonated with me on on several levels. And uh, don't as, underestimate your listeners. Yeah. No, I shouldn't do that. You're right. That's that's true. You're <laughs> no, right. You sure, don't know. sure. That's true. You're right. Might yeah. be listening. There's a, a, an assumption. I should not, shouldn't make assumptions. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's nice. It, it's very inspiring. I put it that way. Yeah. There's no separation between me being in this world and and uh, the uh, everything exists here in space. It's all one thing, and there's no separation. And, and uh, that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And See, it's, we're so polarized, Keith. Yeah. You know, there is no us and them. Right. It's all us. It's all us, exactly. It's all me, <laughs> and yeah, it's all it's all one thing. Yeah, but the, mm-hmm. you know, you got to work on it mm-hmm. in terms of look when you're ridiculing somebody or you're not noticing someone or something. I do my best. Of course, I can't do it all the time but sure, I want course. to see each branch I want each branch to know that I see you right and I'm I'm looking out my window and I always admire the trees because I want to be sensitive you know I want to be able to sense in a selfish kind of way I want to feel things mm-hmm. so when the wind blows which it's been doing then the tree moves it doesn't say I don't want to move right these branches move. The right, leaves, sure. It's, well, there's no leaves now, but when there are leaves, they flutter. Right. Well, when the when the drummer plays a little softer, I want to feel that. Yeah. I want to. I want to go there with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It's being present in the being present in the moment. In, yeah, and I fail all the time. Yeah, me Every, too. But uh, all the time. But but you can but you can see it and go yeah, yeah. of that yearning to be a part of things. Yes. Not important. Um, mm-hmm. Especially as we get. I'm 75 now. Who cares what I do? Yeah. Not it. None of it is important. We're, you know, the young people are, are making the life happen. You know. Sure. But if I'm invited, I'm allowed to participate in anything. I'm grateful, and then I, I want to, I want to be present, like you say. Yeah. When you're present. Uh, anything can happen, and <laughs> and you and you can be exactly. and, you're, and you're part of it. You're a part of it, whether you're anything happens and yeah. nobody notices. Nobody right, exactly. Gets right, the benefit out of it. Right, if, yeah. What good is it? Yeah, if you shut yourself off yeah. from that, then you're not really um, you're not really present to all the possibilities that are that are in that moment. Of, uh, I'm not saying it very well, but no, you are. Yeah, but like Drew Keller, the drummer I play with all the time here. You know, I'd say, now we're playing the music too good. We were just lucky. <laughs> yeah. I say, right. be careful. Yeah. Make sure you, you're you still interested in how it could sound you're that right. we never did before. Right. So then he'll play this outrageous rhythm on this piece that, that doesn't even seem to sync up, and it's so cool. <laughs> he'll, just, he'll just be courageous, you know, and try something. You know? Yeah. He was amazing. And some of watching somebody understand something. When he was a freshman at, at CU, and he, he's from Spokane, and he was used to, well, you just got to keep the beat, you know. Right. And you got to keep it steady, and it can't change, and you can't get distracted by anything else. Each solo is the same. Everything's the same. Right. You just got to do it and do it great. And I kept bothering him and giving him crap just saying no that ain't it <laughs> I said I, I overlaid a 6-8 onto this thing you acted like it didn't even happen you didn't help me you didn't hear it you didn't adjust at all uh-huh. you just were totally oblivious and then you're not contributing you're not giving me cool ideas of things that you want in the music that I don't know about uh-huh. and for the whole year he was kind of frustrated and trying to figure it out. <laughs> he went home for the summer. When he came back, he said, we need to hang for a couple of hours. Let's just take a hike. And then I want to play with you. And I really, I think I'm close to understanding what you mean. Yeah. And we t- took a hike and we talked about all of it. He came back and we played and it was all there. And he was noticing details and he was changing stuff and he was connecting with every little thing and he was contributing all kinds of neat stuff. Yeah. And I play with him all the time. He's my favorite guy here, by far. Yeah. So, you know, it took it a, a year because his background was so different and and it didn't make sense at first and then wow then it was instant totally right there yeah 
So, you know, you don't have to try for a hundred years and be frustrated. You <laughs> yeah. can actually, you can actually sometimes just enter a new, a new way of looking or right. living. Right. Just in that moment. Right. Every moment gives you the chance. Absolutely. That's right. To, to make it work in a yeah. way that's better for you, better for the planet, better right. for your friends. Right. Better for your enemies. Sure. You, you can do it, but you have to stay awake to do it. You have to be willing to just stop all your silly stuff that doesn't help and, mm-hmm. and relax into what's being presented. Yeah, that's another one of my teachers says that all the time. Relax into, your, relax into this beingness. Relax into this present moment. You know, Let go of all that stuff. So when I do these workshops... One of the things that I might do is like, I'll just play a short improvised piece just to share where I'm at that day mm-hmm. and also to have them, if they don't know me, or you know, have them hear some music. And I say, here are the four things I'd like you to practice while you're listening. Uh, no, I'd like you to put aside, it's not bad or wrong, put aside whether you like it or not. Because if you decide you don't like it, you'll stop listening. If you decide you like it, you'll stop listening. So let's leave that out. Is it any good? Is it is it worthy? Is it good music? Put that away. Mm-hmm. If it, what kind of music is that? Is that jazz? <laughs> is that modern classical music? Is that you know classical music? Is that Africa Indian music? What right. is that? Right. Put that aside too. Because maybe in the next second it'll be opposite of what you think. Yeah. Also, maybe it's not really much to do with that. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so like it or not like it, good or bad, what kind is it? And I said, when you meet another human being, for instance, put those things aside. Do you like them or not? You know them for five seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> are, are they a good person or not? You don't know that. Right. Even if they're angry, maybe maybe that's just where they're at right that moment. Right. You know, and yeah, do you like them or not? Are they a good person? What kind of person? Is that a yuppie? Is that a, uh, you know, whatever? Whether it's about age or race or, you know, whatever labels you have, but maybe that's not so important. And then you'll face each person with the same freshness as you do each sound. Mm-hmm. You know, because all those things are your prejudices, they're your biases, mm-hmm. and they're your fears. Mm-hmm. So if you can lay them aside, and all the notes become possible, all the people become worthy. You might realize in that moment, stay away from this person, they're dangerous, <laughs> right then. But it doesn't mean they're always dangerous, right. or they're bad, or they're uh, mentally ill. Maybe they're not. Maybe they are. You don't know enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And use your instincts to embrace them, or walk away so you don't die, or get beat up, or whatever it is. Take away this armor 
why social media is so powerful and dangerous. I don't use a computer, never did. Mm-hmm. I never did an email, I never did a text. I'm not proud of it. But one of the reasons is I don't want all that judgment and I don't want the smiling face. Yeah. I don't, and if people send stuff to my website, Russ just throws it out. <laughs> I don't want people's opinions about me or what I do including when they think it's great or I just don't want it. Yeah. I want to be in the world I'm in. I want to be with my wife. I want to be with Colorado when I'm in Colorado with Arizona. (laughs) When I'm there, I want a small world, tribal world that I can, that I can experience directly. That's what I want. Yeah. So I leave all that other stuff out. And again, it's not better, it's not right. Mm-hmm. It's just that I know I can't, I can't deal with it. Right. It's, it's, not, it's distracting mm-hmm. for me. When I talk to you, I just want to talk with you. That's it. Right. Nothing else. Right. That's beautiful, man. Um, uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you, you want to ask or discuss? Well, you know... And again, I, I, I think it would be neat for you to visit the website. My friend Russ does a beautiful job. I will, yes. And you can see what, what are the new recordings that I'm very happy with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, about the book and about whatever gigs are coming up. And you can even sign up and say be a part of where's art so you know if I'm playing somewhere yeah some. that's right I am and I, and it's artlandy.com yeah. correct yeah artlandy.com right yeah. and then it's you know I had no way of people knowing since I don't do things and Russ is you know he was Oregon sound man for oh, years yeah, okay. I forever yeah and he's my right hand he's great mm-hmm. and he's my friend and he said, Art, people need to know what you're making and what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Let me handle it. Yeah. And I pay him a fee every year, and he does all that for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't even, I don't think I ever, well, I've looked at it maybe, but I don't have a computer, so I don't know. Everybody says it's great. So <laughs> I, I hope it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we stay current. I tell him about the different projects and bands and Yeah. I mean he keeps people up to date about the mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Well, what I'd say is this has been beautiful and it's been for me uh it's it's been I'd say it's a relief really. It's I, I resonated with everything you said and uh I I think it's important for people to hear. Although I can't make that judgment for people either. Maybe it's not important for some people, but no, but, uh, it's definitely not but, important. But it's... Uh, it might do what it did with you. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe. might think somebody mad, I don't know. Yeah. Or think that I'm flaky or whatever <laughs> they think it's their business. Yeah. But uh, I offer it because you ask me. Absolutely. You know, you ask me to share. And I'm grateful I that you did. I could have told what I'm really up to, what yeah. matters to me, what I, how I'm living and how I'm playing. Yeah. And how we're all doing here. I mean, I can't be more grateful to my community here, actually all over the world. Yeah. 
because I've had, a, again, a lot of me- medical challenges in the last three years, uh-huh. one after the other, and I feel so much support and love. And then people would still come over and play. I mean, it's been amazing. Even uh-huh. I barely can play sometimes. Now I'm okay yeah. for the moment. Yeah. But I've had some strong stuff where, you know, I couldn't do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They'd come over and play anyway, you know. Yeah. So I, I'm very grateful, and we're all very happy here in Colorado and Boulder <laughs> and Denver and all the environs about how much wonderful musicians and they're good people. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm very lucky. Yeah, I think you are. I'm going to come. I'm going to come and visit. Okay, I want to play with all these people. Up when you're thinking about yeah. it. We'll be back here in... Uh, We'll be in Phoenix until last week of March, and okay. then we'll, we'll be back here. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and I hope we can have more conversations like this, actually. this is I think this is just a starting point. I have lots more questions okay. to ask. You know, but, uh, I, I just I went on about a lot of things today. No, it's great. So if you're more pointed about your questions, then we can discuss certain things that you're interested in more, you know, or Absolutely. That you want yeah. to share. Yeah, but this is what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to, I, I wanted just to let you, um, I just wanted to hear you what, you, what you did, open up and just tell us about yourself, you know, about your music, well, you what you think. Well, you made me feel very welcome. Yeah. I, hope I, yeah. I didn't overdo going no. into the things I did, but. No, it's beautiful. You know, I hear I, all of these things. If you want to do it, we can do it. In a Absolutely, yeah. I can more respond to. Yeah. Sure, of course. You know, what notes do you use? Uh, I was telling kids I use the black-white theory of, of harmony. So if the chord has is C7 or G7, right. just play all the black notes. And if it's D-flat or G-flat, then you use all the white notes. That'll give you a lot of good color. Yeah. <laughs> I leave you with that. Though. That's beautiful. The black-white theory of, of, of the piano or of... Yeah, yeah, play a lot of sharps and flats. Yeah, see. yeah. Art Landy's have... Art Landy's yeah. theory of music. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. Okay. Okay. Take care, yeah. You too. Thanks so Bye. much. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for checking out Notes on Jazz. If you want to communicate with me, I offer free consultations. Just check the podcast notes for a link. You can also find a link to my website for CDs, downloads, and videos. See you next time at Notes on Jazz.